Okay, here we are, everybody. Once again, on uh, it's Graham Frost here with the Heart Shaped Decisions podcast, and I'm delighted to be back, and particularly delighted to have uh, today's guest, who is somebody that I met about ten years ago at a networking meeting in Bedford. At a breakfast networking meeting, it was while I lived in Peterborough, and I'd driven to Bedford, and I, and I met Paul the Hine at the Four Networking meeting in Bedford. And at the time, we were both members of Four Networking. In fact, Paula had a very august position within Four Networking at that particular time. And uh, we've known each other ever since. And we've been, we've, I would like to say that I count Paula as a good friend. And we're on the same wavelength in several, many ways. And um, so I'm really pleased that you're here to, to talk to uh, myself and the audience today, Paul, and I'm really, really am quite thrilled. So um, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience and tell the audience a little bit about yourself, please? Indeed, definitely. Well, thank you very much for inviting me, Graham. And I, it's a pleasure, absolutely, to, to be here and having a chat with you, as always. And yes, yeah, since it really been 10 years ago since, since we met. Oh, crazy, mm. isn't it? How time goes so quickly. So yes, so... Um, Back in 10 years ago, as you said, I was uh, running a business and also involved a lot in um, for networking. So Daryl, um, who is um, my husband, technically, on paper, although we're um, not actually together anymore. Um, we're running um, we're running a region for networking, but that was on the base the back of running our business. Mm. So let me sort of probably wind back just a little bit and tell you a little bit about me. Um, you will know, but your audience won't. So yes, I'm a, um, a mum. I have three grown-up children who are all very independent and pr pr very proud of all three of them. And um, one of those, my daughter Kerry, works in our home business, mm -hmm. in our family business. And I've also got a couple of grandchildren. And I'm also, I'd like to say, probably a friend to many. Mm -hmm. I've got some very good close friends and lots of acquaintances as well. And absolutely, Graham, you're, you're on the friends list. So you, you're there, you're there. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I was in a relationship with Daryl since I was 16. I'm now in my 50s. So we were together for a very long time. Mm. Um, married for more than 30 years. And 14 years ago, probably one of my first sort of major heart-shaped decisions that I took at that time was leaving um, the job that I was in. He was in his um, corporate job as well. And we decided we were going to set up a business. So we left our jobs and started our business Abundance Solutions, which is a business development and sales and marketing consultancy. Mm -hmm. We specialise um, in a CRM product called Infusionsoft. Yeah. So we work with businesses on that. And we stayed, started that business 14 years ago, got very involved in networking, and that's become, had become a very big part of our whole business and meeting people. Yeah. And um, that business has been going very successfully through that time. And everything's been great. We set that business up really um, as a, a business that we wanted to be able to do the things that we wanted to do, create a lifestyle that we wanted. Yeah. The business was um, able to be running off an internet connection. So we literally could run the business from anywhere around in the world, really. Mm. And we um, yeah, had a great, great business, an absolute great business and still do. Um, yeah. Although last year I decided that actually... I needed to take a step out. I needed some time for myself, really. Mm. And that really was on the back of um, our marriage breaking down and me not having that same desire to be 
day to day in the business. Yeah. Um, because we'd set that business up really so that we could have that um, opportunity to work together all the time. And it was the basis of the goals and the dreams that we'd got. Yeah. And obviously with the marriage splitting up, it became um, not such much of a, a key interest for me anymore. Obviously yeah. I'm interested in the business, but I didn't have the, the passion yeah. to be building the business to do the things that we weren't going to be doing together anymore. Right. So last year I opted to um, take a, a sabbatical. Mm. from Abundant Solutions and yeah so I took a step out and I've been um, running being involved in a course I've been doing a Christian based course over right. the last 12 months which has now come to an end mm -hmm. I've got yet another heart-shaped heart-shaped decision to take in what's next yeah right um, but yeah so I suppose that's a, a very potted history I suppose mm. of, of where I've been and where I've got to at the moment so okay so have, have you always been have you always been a Christian? Is that a recent thing or? It's, um, I've had a faith, um, um, always. And I went to church as a young child and my nan took me actually when I was right. three. And so I started off then and I was very involved and went to Sunday school and that sort of stuff up until I was about 17 when yeah. I was also involved in, in helping out in the church at that time. But right. then Daryl and I got together and, and yeah, going to church didn't seem so important as a 17, 18 year old then. Yeah. And um, we then were together. We bought a house when we were a flat when we were really young. We bought our first property when we were 18. Wow. Um, so just before my 19th birthday, we moved into our first flat in Hemel Hempstead in Hertfordshire. Um, many many moons ago now and <laughs> and then over the years I dipped in and out and when we had our first had children I'd take them they were all christened and we'd dip in and out of church but it wasn't something that um I, I went to regular I was almost waiting it sounds really weird but I was almost waiting for something bad in my life to happen so that I had an excuse to go back to church Okay. Because people tend to turn to God in moments of um, panic, in moments of despair, when things are not going well in their life. You tend to think that people then start to look for something else, support network. Right. And I suppose in the back of my mind, it seemed a bit strange that I didn't feel I could just go back to church in another town that we'd lived in, then moved to. And, you mm. know, it was odd. So I'd dip in for Christmas services and, and Easter services, but didn't really get involved that much yeah. until probably about 10 years or so ago and I started to go more regularly mm. tried a few different churches and then ended up at the church that I'm at now um mm. about seven years or so ago okay and started to go more frequently but not um I went I would say regularly because I'd go maybe once or twice a month but I wasn't going to every service I wasn't involved in the church community I was really just going because it made me feel good. Yeah. Um, and actually then as time went on and uh, there was cracks appeared in the marriage and um, we decided that, yeah, how things were going. And over the, over the years, I'd go more frequently yeah. until probably more a couple of years ago when I was going every, every week, yeah. two services a week. And I'm getting involved in the leadership team of the church as well. So I'm on the diaconate of the church that I go to now. So I'm on the leadership team. Wow. 
And um, yeah, I just got more and more involved and, and through that and through my faith made me realise that I, actually I could step out from what I'm doing as well within the business and I had yeah. that opportunity um, and really did feel it was very God-led that actually I needed to step away from where I was and actually it was now time for me. Um, and during that time, McDowell and I, um, sort of winding up our relationship which was really hard and really difficult time and I know anybody that goes through relationship breakups or marriage breakups it's an incredibly emotional time mm. um, and unfortunately Daryl and I hadn't actually fallen out of love with each other and we hadn't even not become friends yeah. um, but he was going through a real um, change in, in him which he needed to express yeah. and it was something I then supported that decision through um, over over a few years until yeah. he was brave enough, I suppose, to make a major heartshake decision for himself. Yeah. Actually, he didn't want to be in a relationship with me anymore mm. um, and actually um, was pursuing a relationship then with a man. Yeah. And it was really hard um, because we hadn't fallen out of love with each other. I we can't imagine how difficult that must have been. It was incredibly hard and I was very much about the, the supporting him through that mm. and yeah, he found it incredibly difficult, of course he would, and um, recent, very recently this year um, Philip Schofield has, um, yes. has recently come out and when that came out in the media and he announced that on the morning breakfast programme that he was on, he was sat on the sofa and at the time I thought that could have been Daryl sitting there. Yeah. That could have been Daryl. Philip Schofield's story is so similar to where ours has been. Mm. And so uh, it was, yeah, it was really interesting, but my faith carried me through the, the, the last couple of years, which have been a really difficult decisions. Really difficult decisions. I can't imagine what it must yeah. have been like when you've been with somebody for that length of time. Mm, over 30 years. Um, well, yeah. longer than that, we'd actually been married for 30, over 30 years. We've been together since we were 16. So, I mean, if we were still together now, that would have been, what, 40, 40-odd years that we've been together? I, I can't imagine. I mean, my, my parents were together for 65 years, um, which, you know, is incredible. Um, I'm not, but I know they had, you know, they had their ups and downs especially, you know, with me leaving home and going off, because, you know, I've, I've done, as many people know, I've done the opposite thing to you. I, I actually moved away from faith and never went back. So, exactly. Um, but, you know, I have a great deal of respect for people who choose to have the faith as well. You know, I mean, it's, 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 a, matter of, it's a matter of choice. And, I, you know, I admire you for, because, you know, I think we all need to find um, a happy place, don't we? Absolutely. And you need somewhere um, where you feel supported and whether that's through a group of people in a church situation or just friends or a partner or whatever. Mm. Absolutely. Um, and actually just having, for me, it, it's, it's having the feeling that somebody else um, is carrying me and yeah. 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 Do you know what I mean? It's just, I just, yeah, for me, I just I feel. I do know what you mean. I mean like, yeah, I think... Strength from trusting that whatever's happening in my life is happening for a reason and that there is perhaps a better reason beyond what I can see and certainly in the last couple of years that was massive for me mm. absolutely massive my, my mantra word is trust and yeah. that is the trusting that that God has something else in, in plan for me and that yeah he has a better he has something else for me 
and that everything I've experienced through the whole of my life is leading me to this current point. Um, and that was a huge thing for me to step away from the business last year and decide to take to to settle in and doing a Christian based course, yeah. which um, was all about um, discovering who you are yourself, who you are in your relationship with God, um, how you can nurture a greater relationship with God and, and nurture a relationship with yourself. Yeah. So taking that through to the action of how do you want to, to use this as um, and a springboard and action for supporting other people. Yeah. Um, and so it, it came about at just the right time for me, as Ooh. things often do, when people might say oh, it's the universe speaking or, or whatever people speak is. It, was, it came at the right time. It was yeah, put under my nose, so to speak, at a time when I was looking for something but didn't know what I was looking for. Yeah, um, I think for me, I mean, I think for me it's sort of... Uh, communing with nature is, is something that's very important you know and go, going for walks in it, whatever time of the year it is I get a huge amount out of just going for going for a walk and you know I was out earlier on with a friend of mine as I was saying uh, before we started recording um, and just watching I mean it's just little things like watching a family of swans and a, a family of geese and a family of ducks grow up on the lake near where I live and little things like that and you know and that, I think um, nature is a fantastic thing. And the older I get, the more I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I've, uh, pre when we were in main lockdown, I was walking a lot mm. and using a lot of that time as a reflection time of where I was at and what I was doing and what the next steps were. Um, Daryl and I were obviously at that point still living in the same house as well. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was tough, but um, yeah. So anyway, I was taking lots of walks and alike and yeah, just those changing things in, in nature were just incredible um, for you just to feel more grounded on certainly oh, for me. Totally. You actually feel as if you're part of something much bigger. Yeah, absolutely. You're out in nature. And I'm so lucky that I've got a, a country park just literally 10 minutes walk away. Mm. And I can go and, walk, you know, I don't know how I would have kept my sanity. Because um, I'm somebody who, who needs to be with people, uh, you know, not all the time. I like to be on my own um, some of the time. But I also I've spent most of my life working with people in one way or another. Me too. And all of a sudden that's been taken away. And that's been the real difficult, that's been probably the most difficult thing. I don't actually live with my partner. And that's that's a choice that we, we have so far made, mm. um, you know, sort of three and a half years into our relationship. And we both like our own space. And I said, it would be wrong, wrong of us just to move in with each other just because of lockdown, because, you know, that, that's not what we should And that was doing. a hard decision probably as well, wasn't it? Because in well, those early times, it was, it was really difficult as well. So I didn't, I, no, I didn't see her for, I didn't, and she, she was ill and I, di I didn't see her for um, three or four weeks. It's, I mean, you know, she only lives sort of a few miles away, whereas she used to be 90 miles away. Yes. So you moved closer and then moved actually closer. you saw less of her. Yeah, within, within a few months, within like three months of moving, I was just sort of finding my feet in the area where I live and, you know, we were spending a lot more time together and all of a sudden we couldn't, you know, because we didn't live in the same house, we, you know, the rules said we couldn't see each other. So we actually did stick to that for three or four weeks and she was ill during that time as well. Mm -hmm. And um, 
But yeah, I mean, I remember when the lockdown regulations came out and I was listening on the radio or the telly and I thought to myself, for goodness sakes, for goodness sake, don't say we can't go out at all. Mm. Because like, that would, that would, it, you know, Absolutely. That would be just too much. I mean, just the fact that I could actually go out for a walk every day, um, that kept me kind of, you know, and it's actually quite nice. It was, I live in a, you know, I live not far from the M6. And um, so the, you know, the, the M6, I mean, I actually went, went and walked over the bridge over the M6. And there was three or four minutes when there wasn't a car. Yeah, absolutely. That Birmingham Airport, you know, I don't live that far from there. And there wasn't, a, you know, it was like living in the country. It was, a, it was weird, wasn't it? Really weird. Well, I, know, I thought, actually, I'm not sure if I really do like this after a couple of weeks. But, mm, I'm not sure. I, I do like a bit of noise, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it was very weird, wasn't it? When just like I lived um, close to a fairly main road. And during that lockdown time, when it was just absolutely silent, yeah. the only thing you heard were people in their other in their gardens or a few people walking out in the street having their one hour exercise a day or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, the birds, hearing the birds singing more was yeah. just amazing. And now we're back to supposedly a second lockdown when actually the traffic on the road doesn't make me feel like there's no. a second lockdown at all. This isn't a lockdown. Uh, no, just heavy too. restrictions. <laughs> Sorry? Just heavy restrictions. Yeah, it's not people, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, people are still at work and, you know, people, are, I mean, you go out and there's far more traffic on the road than there was in lockdown oh, one. definitely. You would, I wouldn't now think if it was just waking up tomorrow to think, were, were we in lockdown? From the amount of people that are out and about and the amount of traffic on the road, absolutely no. No. But no. lockdown in the first one gave us, as you said, that opportunity just to really connect with nature and connect with ourselves. And certainly I found that was connecting with myself. Mm. And I quite liked it. I, mean, I have to say, the first, I thought, I, got, I thought, oh, this lady be a few weeks, you know, that's how I'm going. This is all right. This is, I, I can quite, you know, it's nice to sort of have time to calm down and sort of reset and, and enjoy a bit of peace and quiet. And then after, after a few weeks, I thought, no, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know it did get like that, didn't it? So, but it was, it was an interesting time. And, and obviously during that time, I'd started this course. And yes. that was different as well, because it was, um, we'd have 13 two-day teaching blocks, wow. which were in Bromley. Um, we had three week-long residential um, sessions. And there was lots of assignments and writing mm. and studying and everything else. And in addition to that, I should have been um, supporting at a number of Christian festivals as well, mm. like Spring Harvest and Refuel and, and another one. Yeah. And having a two-week inter international placement in Germany as part of wow. this course. And it was amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, but of course, once lockdown then started, all of the... Uh, the meetings that we were having together as a group did obviously stopped and we all went to zoom i was working as lot as part of this course i actually had a placement at my church so i was working four days a week at my church and getting really involved in things which were really um close to my heart in terms of supporting people very much a pastoral care side yeah. and of course i was visiting people and stuff and then all of that stopped as well and then I was then in my own place as well. We had moved out. Yeah. And it was all of a sudden I'd gone from being this very, um, or this person who's very, like you said, thrives off of other people. Yeah. 
to being in a house on my own. And the other significance of that is I've never been an independent adult. Daryl and I were together since we were 16. I've never been an independent adult on my own. I was independent in the relationship, but you know what I mean? I had things were made as a decision together for everything that we did really. Um, It wasn't a bad thing. And there's nothing against that. But all of a sudden I was going on my own. We went, we were then in, then we're in lockdown and all the rest of it. And it was everything that I was doing had been pulled away from underneath me. It was really weird time, but a a, a good time as well, because I've just immersed myself in this course and definitely came out at the end of it, feeling that I had a stronger relationship in my faith, stronger relationship with God and stronger relationship um with myself yeah to understand that actually it is okay for me to be on my own and that mm. I can be on my own um I haven't actually ultimately decided what's next um yeah. and that's been hindered for the fact that I broke my foot in August <laughs> yeah, so I've, and that's been been um, taking a really long time to heal so I'm already at 13 or 14 weeks um being not wow. being very mo- not being mobile at all mm. So that slowed me up as well at the moment. So I'm really very much looking forward to perhaps saying goodbye to the end of 2020 and thinking that 2021 will be my year for for moving on in other other ways. I'm still involved in in our family business, um, but very, very small in a small small way at the moment. Mm. And that's my choice that having taken that big decision to step out for a while yeah I don't really want to step back in on a full-time basis it's very well supported um with staff that we have and it's running yeah. really well so I'm there I'm there um as a sounding board I'm there in a consulting basis yeah. but I'm not doing anything very much on a day-to-day basis on the in the business which suits me because I really do want to be moving to something else yeah, it sounds, it sounds as if you're ready to take another step. You're just not quite sure what it is. Exactly. Mm. Um, and I think a, a few things I've thought of I mean, from this course made me realise that I do need to be with people and that I am a doer as well. I'm a very caring, loving person and I need to be in a position of supporting people. I mean, I've known you for, you know, I, I remember being impressed by your obvious care for other people when you know when I first when I first met you mm-hmm. and um yeah you know that that came across very very strongly on that that first time I can remember the I can remember that lovely pub we used to go to in Bedford, in Bedford. actually I had a broken foot then that was you my did. other foot <laughs> that's right because uh, Daryl was having to drive you around, wasn't he? That's right. I remember. Yeah, he yeah and I remember the what was the chap's name? I remember that guy. I actually looked, he was a lovely chap that owned that pub. I don't know if you. Ever oh, I can't remember the name. No, no he was he was actually a lovely. Bears the story bears telling because um, mm. people say that uh, people say that you know local pubs are a thing of the past and. Um, this was 10 years ago. I'd be interested to know if it's still there and the same guy's still there. Mm. But he, he used to say to the um, four networking people, because I went there several, a number of times, mm. and um, just for the, because it was a nice group. And I used to like going to that pub uh, for the breakfast. And he, you know, I was chatting to him one day and I said, um, how, do you, you know, how do you keep the pub going? 
it's nice that said, I invite people, he said, all the local people, I invite them in and ask them what they want. And then I give it to them. They had all sorts of charity dues going on there. And uh, and it's about community though, isn't yeah. it? And that's really what drives my passion. And I've had so many things over the years, which I've been involved from a community basis. Yeah. Um, and it is about putting, giving people, giving back, supporting people and, and doing things for the greater good. And that is definitely what drives me. And yeah. so I know that my next steps going on will be doing something like that. Yeah. And he said, I remember him saying, so I went, he said to the, the uh, networking group, um, he said, if you want to have your meetings in here, he said, just come and turn up with your clients. He said, we haven't got an office or anything like that, because I've never had an office. I've always worked from home. Yeah. And um, so I did. I actually met, I met a couple of people there. And he said, he said I'll provide the coffee free. And um, so we sat in, they used to have like a lounge area in the middle That's of the pub. And yeah. we went and sat in there and had coffee. And then, uh, you know, uh, the postman came in. And now the, the postman came in with a few, and he, he, get, he actually said to the postman, have you got time for a coffee? And he gave the postman a cup of coffee. And he thought, you wouldn't, that wouldn't happen in most pubs. No. You know? And then I went there another day and I had actually arranged to meet somebody there for lunch. And we walked in and uh, there was a wedding going on at one end of the pub where we used to have the breakfast. And yeah. Some older people had got married and there was about 20 or 30 people all sitting there having the wedding breakfast. Mm. And so we went down the other end of the pub and, and, and we went to, sat, uh, to sit at one of the tables there. And the young lady came up and said, I'm ever so sorry, sir. She said, um, I'm afraid we've got a funeral party turning up in a few minutes. Would you, mind, would you mind sitting on the chairs in the middle? And that's the bit that's actually open. This was about sort of one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And so they, but they had everybody from the area came there for all sorts of, and they actually won, I think they won whatever the brewery was, they won the sort of pub of the year. Yes. Because they were so good. But yeah, him and his wife, they were absolutely fantastic. And he also looked, also looked after his, the people who worked for him very well. Yeah, no, definitely. It was, yeah, it was I a great, great puzzle. Yes, that's it, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I often wonder if he was still there. But now you have to take a trip to Bedford and find yeah, out. Yeah, when, when, when things get better. But yeah, I think it's important. The people say that the whole, the pubs are dying out. Pubs are dying out because they, they don't look after their customers properly. And that's the same in business. It's absolutely yeah. the same in business. Um, and actually, same with just relationships with yeah. friends and everything else. If you're not looking after your friends and being there for them when they need to be and them there for you, it's no different. Things break down and things don't work. Yeah, um, in, yeah interesting. It's, uh, mm. yeah, I'm really into community, really into that. Yeah, sort I of think I'm into tribes. They call, some people call it tribes. You know, you, have, you find exactly. your drive, don't you? So I know one of the things that you did after after we knew each other, was you actually went to Toastmasters. For I did. I loved Toastmasters. In fact, I've only just recently stopped um, my membership. Right. Um, so I've probably been a member of Toastmasters for probably about seven years. Yeah, yeah, because I remember you joining. I remember I, yeah. I encouraged you to go along and you went. Yeah, and I loved it. And actually, the only reason I stopped going to the meetings, despite the fact I was still paying for my membership, actually, was because of my commitments with 
the church yeah. that I'm at mm -hmm. and the fact that I'd become part of their leadership team and our meetings were on the same night as Toastmasters right. and so I had to make that decision mm. that actually that's where I felt I needed to be rather than at Toastmasters but no yeah. I've got some really great friends um, through Toastmasters which um, yeah, you introduced me to so thank you for that. Well, well no it's great I mean I, I would thoroughly recommend you know I often talk to people on the podcast and other places, you know, about, uh, you know, I spent 14 years as a member of Toastmasters and, it, you know, it actually was probably, you know, got to the point where it was al almost was my family to a certain extent, because um, not having my own family, oh, really, that's right. you know, for the, well, for most of my life since I was 17, mm -hmm. although I do have, I do have some family that's not in the, in the, um, cult that I was brought up in now I do have some one or two members of my actual blood family who have left yeah. so I'm in touch with them but no to you know, Toastmasters was the most the most I would not be doing what I do now if I hadn't been to Toastmasters I wouldn't be a professional speaker no. um, if it wasn't for Toastmasters I don't think I just don't think that would have happened no um, and that was just that just so many things in my life have actually just happened by chance and not planned yeah. and you know, people say you have to have a plan, you have to do this and you have to. And yes, I agree. You do. You can't just let everything happen. But you also have to leave room for a bit of spontaneity. I 100% agree with that. I mean, I've never been, despite um, working in business and part of um, what we've been doing is business development and, and developing where people are taking their businesses. Um, for me personally, I find it really hard to set long term goals as a personal thing yeah. to actually understand where I'm going. I am very much more about short-term short -term things. Yeah. And um, it's going to be an in interesting, really, of where I'm at at the moment in my life as to how the next however many years I've got left on this, on this earth is going to pan out, really, because I don't, I'm not thinking, like, in five years' time, this is where I want to live and this is what I want to be doing. And, um, yeah, maybe I need to speak to a life, a life coach. <laughs> because actually well, you do i mean that could yeah. be that could be an option but um yeah i mean i just i just decided you know in 2017 i'd just been to australia for a month on my own and i spent quite a bit of time with people out there that i knew but not that i, I would say half the time i was in australia i was on my own mm. and i didn't you know i've been on holiday on my own before um i quite enjoy my own company and I, just, I remember flying back for all the way back from Melbourne and on this long, 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 long flight and sitting there and thinking, well, you know what? I don't mind, I actually don't mind if I do stay on my own. Mm. I really don't. I mean, I'm not playing, I'm not looking for anybody anymore. No. And then literally six weeks later. <laughs> you met your lady. I met, my, I met my Trisha, who I've been with ever since. So. But isn't, isn't it like that, isn't it? That you do need to leave room for spontaneity. You, you yeah. can't plan every, in, every inch of your life. And, um, yeah, and, but I've had an amazing life. I'm in my 50s now. And I, uh, despite the fact that the relationship with Darren and I isn't as it was and how we had planned it to be now, mm. I don't think I would change anything. I wouldn't change anything no. at all. Um, and yeah, it's, yeah, but I suppose what's difficult and what has been difficult is letting go of the plans that he and I had. Yeah. And that's been almost like a grieving process. Oh, I can imagine. I know yeah. you were very, I you know, kind of admire, because I, I used to use you, and funny enough, I used to use you and Daryl, I used to talk to people, you know, about, about people that I knew. And yeah. I'd say, you know, I only know, 
I said, I only really know two or three couples that I've ever come across in my life who've been together for a long time and they still actually really want to be together. Um, um, and you, you were one of those two or three couples that I knew. Yeah, absolutely. Are some people that I've known since the 1980s who are still together and mm. very happily so, you know. And I was quite... Um, I was quite shocked, actually, when I found out what, but, you know, not, I'm sure not as shocked as you were. No, no, I mean, that's a whole different story. And that wasn't something that I, it was, wasn't a shock. Um, Daryl and I had been very open in the whole of our relationship yeah. about where he sat in and his sexuality. And he'd never explored his sexuality other than being with me. Yeah. And that was fine. And that was happy. And he was happy. We were happy. And I knew it was something that was there, but he'd never done, done anything about it. And yeah. it wasn't until sort of approaching 50s that it started to become more of an issue in his head. And yeah, yeah and the, the rest is history. Um, and so we were, yes, the ideal couple in every way. And I think you're not the only one who was incredibly shocked yeah, and, yeah, and upset yeah. and surprised. And yeah, I mean, the, the good thing of it is we still have a good relationship. We're still mm. very good friends. Um, obviously, we've still got the business together and the family and everything else. And, and I've just worked really hard at ensuring that his new life is embraced into our family. And yeah. so worked really, really hard at making sure that everybody was comfortable with what was going on and yeah. our children were aware and extended family and all the rest of it and friends. Yeah. Um, and to me, sometime I suppose that's been a cost to me because I think I sat for quite a while supporting that transition, which was over a long period of time until mm. he and I were both at the stage to say, actually, do you know what? We can let go of our, our marriage. Yeah. So it was difficult. I think, um, yeah, I think you're, you're a bit like me. I think I, I recognise a kindred spirit when I come across one. And we put other people before ourselves quite 100%. a lot. 100%. And that's actually where this course has been so good for me. Mm. It has given me the opportunity to sit and think about what I want. And who am I? Who am I in my own right? Am I standing, yeah. standing alone here? Who am I? What's important to me? And mm. um, yeah, I think things which have, have been yeah, teased out of me through this course or and I've stood up and recognised that in me. So which is where it means I need to be working with people in a caring type in involvement in somehow supporting people so I don't know it's going to be an interesting journey going forward I'm sure yeah, yeah I think I think if, if I distill down what you know what I I want to do with my life what's left of it is I want you know I want I've actually got this thing about leaving the world a better place than I found it and I'm not sure that that's going too well at the minute. So. <laughs> not unless you can come up with a, a COVID, um, oh, well, vaccine, yeah, I mean, not vaccine, but you know. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think I honestly think, you know, I've, I've thought about this a lot. Because one of the things that COVID-19 has given us is a lot of opportunity to think. Mm. Um, because mm. you know, most of the activity that we do on a day-to-day -day basis that we took for granted for years, in my case, certainly, um, has, has been taken away so it's given me a lot of thinking time and mm -hmm. especially as I found myself living somewhere new as well and um, you know it's just I thought I actually do honestly believe that this whole COVID-19 thing is nature trying to teach us a lesson. Oh very well I've, I've certainly read articles about that and read lots of things and it certainly seems like that 
isn't and, it? You know, for me, are we actually going to learn that lesson? I don't know. No. I don't know. Right. That's all we can do is just do our own little bit in our own way, isn't yeah. it? So, As Gandhi said, all you can be is the change that you want to see. Yes, absolutely. And, yeah, that's one of, one of the quotes that sort of tried, I, I, I've always tried to, well, certainly in my later life, you know, as I've, as I've hopefully matured a little bit, I've tried to, I've tried to be that. Um, it's hard work sometimes, though, isn't it? But uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I don't think anything comes easy. No, really, does it? And if things do come easy, is that right? Um, for you at that time, I don't know. I think there's a, there's a mix of both, really. Of things yeah. you really have to strive for. But I think until you are able to take a step back almost and put yourself first, as we've both said, that's not something which comes naturally to us. No. It's, it's been hard. It's been a hard journey to now be only thinking really of myself and in that way of what is it that I want to do and what's important to me. So... So, well, yes, I look forward to um, the next steps. I don't know what it might be like. Maybe we'll do another podcast in oh, a year's time yeah. and you can update you. <laughs> this time next year, hopefully we'll be, um, yeah, we'll be doing another one and you'll be able to update me on where you've got to. Well, I know we'll be in touch. We'll definitely speak before then. <laughs> before then. But, uh, Paula, it's been absolutely lovely. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to come on and talk about so openly and frankly about everything that's been going on for you for the last few years and um i hope you know the audience if anybody wants to get in touch with you must, would you are you happy for people to get in touch with you if they yeah abs absolutely i haven't got a problem with that i mean you've got my contact details i mean that's probably the easiest way to do it i mean all through through uh, through my email actually which is paula at abundant hyphen solutions.co.uk um, but i'm also on linkedin and um, all the other social media channels as well. So a Google search, you will find me. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Paula. I really, really appreciate you coming. It's been absolutely lovely. And uh, thanks again. And uh, we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. You take care.